Welcome to the Saved by Mother Earth podcast, hosted by Heather Webster. In this podcast, Heather weaves together conversations of spirituality, wellness, and nature immersion to help create connection for your mind, body, and soul, allowing you to know your authentic self and enhancing your connection within and your connections with others. Heather combines her love of learning, teaching, spirituality, nature, and others to bring this podcast to you. Come join us on the journey of self-discovery. Well, welcome, Gina, to the Save by Mother Earth podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. How's the weather where you are? It is sunny and bright. Yesterday, I'm in Asheville, North Carolina, and yesterday it rained all day. So today it's nice to have some sunshine. Nice. It's a little cloudy here, but at least it's not <laughs> raining, right? It's that old, that bittersweet, but at the same time, rain is really needed in so many places. So. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got to where you are today. It doesn't have to be like a really long story, just kind of something short that kind of shares your, your journey. Okay. Well, who I am, what I do, my name is Gina, obviously, and I'm a life designer coach and a feng shui consultant and a little bit about how I got here. You know, I feel like I grew up by the Atlantic ocean in South Florida and was always super connected to the ocean and nature. And I felt like from, from growing up, I would always talk to, you know, the ocean, talk to kind of nature around me. My bookshelf was lined with fantasy and, you know, all kinds of books like that. And I always, you know, connected with fairies and like all these things. And then of course I, you know, grew up and got a job and went to college and all of that. And I ended up at Lululemon for the past eight years working in uh, teams and management and what I discovered there. And I really got into coaching and goal coaching and goal setting in that company and eventually realized that was my favorite part of my job and went on to start my own business and, and what I do now. And all the coaching, all of that is very kind of mind work in the mind. And I can be a super logical person, so when I discovered feng shui, it was this really beautiful pair that kind of got me out of the, the headspace and into the energy and back to nature and color and intention and all of these really magical things. So that's, that's kind of how I, I melded them together and why I love, you know, bringing them together in the work that I do. Yeah. It's amazing because I never would have thought working for Lululemon could get you to a point where you are here, right? It's like, people I think on the outside of Lululemon look at, oh, they have cool bags that they get when you buy something, right? Or they have workout attire, not realizing obviously it's this whole bigger mm -hmm. process and team and the fact that you were able to give have that opportunity to see where you wanted to go next. So you went into, you got into feng shui and coaching and how does, and you were talking about nature, how does, for the listeners that are not as familiar with feng shui, how does that relate to nature, but also mm -hmm. like, what is feng shui? Yeah, it's funny um, because, yeah, I think people might have a very introductory or no experience at all of what feng shui is. And for me, feng shui is a tool of personal discovery, of reflection. It's very much about how to create 
environments that feel good psychologically, mentally, emotionally, physically. And it's very much about living in harmony with nature. Feng Shui was originally created in China thousands of years ago to find the best spots in nature for burial grounds, for battles, for cities. Like what would, what would create a space where life would thrive? So it's working in harmony with nature in that way. And now, of course, we live in these built environments and knowing that as human beings, we thrive off of that nature connection. It's a lot about how to bring that in the indoors and all these, these things that we thrive off of light, you know, being surrounded by natural elements, all these things that make us feel alive, how to bring that into your environment. And as far as coaching, it's very much for me, a tool of aligning your environment with your deepest goals and values. So it's not about just creating a beautiful space because a beautiful space for you and a beautiful space for me could look completely different. It's about taking the time to understand, okay, what's important to me in my life right now? And how do I create a space that's going to remind me of that? That's going to be supportive of that. That's going to nourish those goals. So that's kind of how it all ties together. That's so neat. Cause I never like when I learned about feng shui, it was very, like you said, the kind of the surface level of like, oh, you face your bed this way and you want to make sure your desk is facing not towards the wall, but towards the door and like allowing money and, and affluence or whatever you want to call it, right. To come in. Um, and so this idea of, I remember putting plants on my desk as a way to kind of also bring nature in, but never really thought about it, but environment plays such a big key role in kind of how you feel and how you function. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that right when I'm in my truck, I make sure it's very decorated for my own personal, but like having the windows open and the door open and having nature literally yes. every surrounding me. Yes. Um, and so what have you done for your own personal growth around like bringing nature in and, and in your environment? Hmm. Well, in my environment, like you, I also am traveling on the road right now. So I've been traveling for almost a year now. I'm a digital nomad and, you know, kind of serve all my clients virtually. So each environment is this new opportunity of like, okay, how do I work with the space that I'm in? But more so than kind of bringing it in my indoor space right now, because I am so temporarily in different places, you know, I seek out nature everywhere I go. And one of the first things I do just to get connected to a new city or a new town or environment is to go out in nature and just connect and put my feet on the ground and really land wherever I am. And if I can bring a little piece of that indoors, like right now behind me, I've got a window behind me and there's a like a cedar, like a smudge stick drying in the window. So just learning about different pieces of my environment, wherever I am. And when I can, you know, bringing pieces of that inside for sure. So it sounds like you do a lot of grounding work. Is that part of what you do with clients as well? Yeah. Uh, Connecting with the environment for sure is part of feng shui and connecting with the land. Honestly, a lot of people, when you think of feng shui, you think, oh, just indoors. But so much of it is what is the energy of the land that you're on? So having a relationship with your environment, with, you know, the landscape, with the land tending to it absolutely is a really big piece of feng shui and cultivating a really strong energy. So that for sure is a piece of of my own work and what I offer to clients. Wow. It's, it is funny because I keep thinking back to like, like, oh, I always thought it was about just 
mm-hmm. inside environment. And I love this idea that you were talking about. It first started with creating around burial grounds and ceremony and right. Did, was there like a piece of like direction that the people like they would do the ceremonies and all of that? Well, there's different schools of feng shui, similar to how there's different schools of yoga, for example. So different schools might focus more on compass directions. Different schools might not. Like I personally don't, the the feng shui I practice is not based on or oriented towards compass directions. Um, So it varies of, you know, how it started versus how different people practice it. So what was your original question? No. So around, that was exactly it around compass direction and like that it could be different probably to based on Mm -hmm. where it came from. And I love that because I think a lot of people get so stuck on, well, this is the way my house is set up. Mm -hmm. The only way I can make that happen is really doing construction. There's ways to make your environment feel like a loving, caring, wonderful, warm space. Yes. So I get less caught up in any particular hard and fast rules. Like people might've heard, oh, I need a red door in feng shui or my bed has to face east. But in your bedroom, that makes like zero sense. Like what's going to make the most sense is what feels good to you. And that's very flexible and intuitive and personal. So I definitely don't prescribe by there's only one way and oh my gosh, you're breaking a feng shui rule and you're doomed if your house is facing the wrong direction. No, I don't believe in that. And I don't find that's what, what serves people the most. Yeah. I love that. So you were talking about, you brought up intuition. Mm -hmm. Do you do a lot of work with uh, your clients around intuition? Yeah. So I've got over the years, I've kind of developed my own practices for me. And now this, they're the same that I use with my clients, but they come to this acronym of spark. So the S of that is about strengthening your vibration. It's about doing things that help you kind of clear stuck energy from your body, from your mind, help boost creativity, intuition, everything from meditation, journaling, time in nature, you know, there's so many different tools and it's such like a foundational piece. It's actually one of the first things I share with people. So that S is about strengthening your vibration. And then the P is about practicing your values. It's about understanding what's really important to you. What are your values? How do you bring them to life? And then activating your vision. So having a vision for your life, you're super excited by, you're lit up by, you have reminders around you, you know how that feels. And then the R piece is redesigning your environment. So now creating an environment that's aligned with your values, your your goals, your vision, all of that. And then the K piece is keep boosting your beliefs. So being mindful of, okay, back to the mind, like what does my mind think about these goals? Am I having thoughts that drain my energy or am I having thoughts that fill my energy? And then it's not a straight line. It's not like one and done. They all kind of come back around. It's this circle. And that actually, for me, ties into feng shui because in feng shui, there's five elements, um, water, wood, fire, earth, and metal. And the, the principles, the properties of those things very much line up with those spark practices. So there's different tools of connecting with water, connecting with wood, connecting with the earth that can tie into those different practices that also bring in that intuition, you know, letting go of the mind and being able to experience and learn from nature, like every step of the way. That's so beautiful. How well that aligns. And that's, it's interesting that the spark acronym, because it's very much aligned with what I share with my clients as well, when we're talking about intuition and all of it can be done, like, especially the 
the S where you're like sparking, right? Getting in there and starting that vibration and mm-hmm. it can all be done outside in nature and how much yeah. that just like really as well, it goes along with the name of this podcast of Saved by Mother Earth, right? It was mm-hmm. getting outside and really being able to be in tune with those messages mm-hmm. and really hearing yourself and what oh. you want out of life. And I love this, that the beauty of activating the vision, because I think so many people feel like they have these dreams and goals that they want to reach, but they're unreachable. Mm. And so I love this idea of activating it and kind of redesigning it and really whole pieces play out. So what do you do to help support clients that just don't think it's possible when they have a dream? Well, all these things, right? All these, these five practices. And for me, when I kind of started at Lululemon, we were taught a certain type of goal setting structure. That's like, okay, like think about your vision now, break it down into these like milestones. What do you have to do? 10 years, five years, one year. And while all of that is useful and I use that, you know, as part of it, the S of strength in your vibration is so important because it's, it's again, out of the headspace and cultivating an energy that helps allow new perspective that helps you open up to new beliefs. It's not figuring out, Oh, I don't believe it. So, you know, struggling to kind of create a plan from there. It's being able to let that mind drama go for a second and cultivate an energy that's going to support you. And then when you notice the thoughts that are coming up, then of course we can do thought work. That's like, okay, if those thoughts are not serving you, if they're making you feel constricted, suffocated, you know, drained, what is a thought that you could try on that you could test out that might open up a new possibility? Yes, 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 yes. And it's so cool because a lot of times once people start doing that work, right, they start to realize that maybe it won't happen the way they thought it would happen, but it still might happen. Yeah. And I was sharing that a little bit with this whole getting up in my truck and going for a drive, right? Mm-hmm. For however long, I don't know when it will end. And my whole thought pattern around that was when I, when my business takes off, I will do this. Well, the universe had a totally different mm-hmm. idea about that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, your house is, houses are worth a lot right now. Why don't you sell your house? Right. And so that whole thing, right. When clients can start to see that things can happen, but they have to let go of this is how it has to happen mm-hmm. can be so powerful when that happens. Yes. Yes. One of my coaches always asks like, is that true? You kind of do that truth test. Like, is it true that I have to wait until my business takes off before I go on this trip? Could I do something else? Like just being able to ask yourself, because so often those are beliefs our limiting beliefs can feel like the truth. So just being able to have that subtle shift in perspective of if that wasn't true, what, what might be true? What else could you believe? Like, so it's just, it can be so subtle and one thought can literally change everything. Yeah. And it can, and it can change like that. And once you're on the right path, do you find with clients, this is what I find with clients and myself was once you're on the right path, it just happens. And like you said, <laughs> it might shift. It's like this, right? It's like, what it's all one thing happens, it causes a reaction. Mm-hmm. But then you might decide, oh, that's not the path I want to go on. I'm going to go this yeah. way. Yep. I mean, it can definitely build momentum. Taking that first step can open up a whole new 
world of possibilities. Oftentimes that first step can be the hardest for sure. Right. It's so funny how much that first step is so Mm -hmm. hard. So if you were going to give advice to the listeners, like maybe two or three tips, what are some tips that you would suggest? Mm -hmm. Well, I was thinking about my favorite ways to connect with nature. And one of those things, if you're looking for guidance, if you're looking for answers, if you're looking for support, I think of it as having these like conversations with nature. So find an environment that speaks to you. It could be the ocean. It could be a hike. It could be sitting on a mountain anywhere and go with an intention to be open to and receive guidance. And when I get to that place, you know, I have that intention in my heart and I also kind of go with, after sharing that, that intention with the space that I might be in asking to receive and be open to this guidance. I also offer, offer something in honor of, you know, the gifts that nature is going to give me and kind of wait for that intuitive idea of what that offering might be. It could be, I'm being asked to share joy or share love or a dance or a song or I was in the desert one time and it asked for water and I was like, okay, you know, what else, how can this be a reciprocal kind of relationship? And then before I kind of step into that place, like if I'm going for a hike, before I take that first step on the hike, I again ask, you know, do I have permission to proceed in this space? And oftentimes I get a yes. And if I get a no, it can be about, I'm not present. I'm, you know, scattered. I'm not really here. So I take a deep breath. And I ground back to my intention and then I proceed. And then when you're there, you know, don't try to force anything. Don't try to figure anything out, but just take time to observe your surroundings, see what themes or insights come up. It could be from the way a bird flies or what you see in the river or anything. And just let that intuitive guidance come to you. And I always have a journal and I might draw a picture or write notes or whatever it is. Um, But just having that relationship with mother nature has been so impactful for me. And it's like a friend that you can always count on or that, you know, aunt who gives you the best advice or whatever it is. So that's one of my favorite kind of ways and, and things that I would offer to your listeners. If you're ever looking for guidance or, you know, craving wisdom. So everything you said was, I think I've said beautiful a million times today, but everything you said was so beautiful and so aligned with what, sorry, listeners, you're hearing the same things over and over again, because you need to hear them. Right. And so, <laughs> right. It's so aligned with exactly what so many people talk about with connecting to nature of, from asking for permission. I had a shaman on here a while back and he talked a lot about asking for permission and also bringing gifts that you can offer. I love this idea of asking. I've never done that before. Usually I'll bring tea and I bring tea and give it to the land. Mm -hmm. But I like this idea of asking Mm -hmm. nature or mother Mm -hmm. nature what they want in return and dancing to love, right? Hugging a tree or, or like being present. And like all of this that you shared is so amazingly aligned with what I share with clients, but it's so nice to see kind of your take on it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times what I share is the voice that you hear is your own sound, right? So how do you differentiate that? Like what is your voice versus what is the guidance that you're getting? Mm-hmm. Well, before I answer that one thing, I do want to 
respond to something that you shared. You know, I've worked with different shamans and kind of studied different things. And I've had this, I've kind of gone through this process myself of A, not wanting to, you know, culturally appropriate any sacred plant medicines or anything else if I'm offering an offering. So when I asked myself, like, okay, what would be authentic to me? Like, just because I don't come from a certain lineage or, you know, a certain type of leaf or plant, like I didn't grow up with that culture. That's kind of where I developed that practice of like, let me ask what would be authentic to me? Like we can develop our own relationships with nature, you know, regardless of whether we come from um, ancestors or a lineage who, who pass down these traditions. So we can create things that are really authentic to us. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I just wanted to share. And then you asked, how do I differentiate between like my voice and, you know, another voice? Uh, well, I guess I don't, haven't really thought about that as much, but when I'm in nature, I'm normally asking for wisdom from the land or mother nature, or just whatever wisdom I need to receive. It's normally from that space. I mean, I might kind of get a sense sometimes of like, oh, this might be coming from my higher self. But normally when I'm out in nature, I'm asking for that connection to come to me. I have other practices, you know, whether like intuitive journaling, where I will ask my higher self for guidance and I'll get that kind of dialogue back. So I kind of have different practices depending on who I'm talking to. I like it. And so for all the listeners out there, trust what you're hearing, whether it be right. Things that you might think are your own voices. I mean, they are your own voice and it is your own energy and your own thinking and your like spirit coming in. Trust that and be okay with like understanding and be okay with that. That is what your message is that you're supposed to receive. Mm -hmm. And this idea around authenticity, I think is huge, especially now as people are really diving into what they want to do for themselves and what they want to do for their higher good and for their happiness. Mm -hmm. And I think there's now like a light bulb moment that's happening where people are just all of a sudden saying like, what would make me happy? And that's where authenticity comes in, where that joy and that happiness and your true self, Mm -hmm. I think it's so easy in society to get stuck into, oh, well, this is what I'm supposed to say or do and Mm -hmm. and to be able to create. I think that's where creativity comes right from that authenticity. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. It's very much about like you said, authenticity and embodying your own practices, trying things out for yourself, experimenting, like giving yourself permission to just tune inwards and try and and see and make it up as you go. Yeah, that's wonderful. So where can listeners find you? They can find me at Gina Casbaro, everything basically. So my website is ginacasbaro.com. You can search that name on Instagram, on Facebook, And I also have a podcast called Follow Your Spark, where I interview all kinds of people who are following their purpose and passion and that inner fire. So you can find me there as well. Excellent. Well, we will put links for all of those in the show notes. Um, So for the listeners out there, definitely check it out, get in touch with Gina and learn all about more about what she does. If you're interested in feng shui or more living your purpose life. Right. Um, so thank you so much, Gina, for being on the save by mother earth podcast. My pleasure. It was such a joy. And I think I mentioned this at the beginning, those strengthen your vibration practices for anyone who's interested in that. They can go to Gina 
forward slash transformational hyphen tools. And I give away my top 15 favorite practices. So that's a good place to start. Also, if you're curious about any of this work. Oh, excellent. And we will put that. We'll put a, a link to that as well, even though it's through your website, we'll put another link as well, for sure. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. This was such a joy, Heather. Thanks for sharing all of this nature wisdom. It's so powerful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Saved by Mother Earth podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please join us every week by hitting subscribe or follow. Until next time, spend every day as authentically as you can, reaching for your true purpose.